The eyes of all wait upon you, O Lord, and you give them their food in due season. You open wide your hand and satisfy the needs of every living creature. I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> Are we asking the right questions? When we're faced with dilemmas, worries, crises, do we ask the right questions? This is one of those management fixes posed to folks who run churches and nonprofits and businesses. Are you asking the right questions? For after all, if we're not asking the right question, we're bound to get the wrong answer. We know this in our personal lives. If you're feeling unhappy or dissatisfied, you might ask, should I switch jobs, move to a new city, get a divorce? You might spend a lot of time doing research about those questions, but if the question isn't really, am I in the right career, but instead, why am I so unhappy? Well, you might find yourself in a brand new dream job, but no happier than before. As one of my good friends always reminds me when I'm making decisions, remember, Suzanne, wherever you go, there you are. This problem besets churches, too. When we're struggling with our budget or have fewer members than before, we might ask, how can we grow the church? And then we embark on all kinds of crusades to get new people into our sanctuary, only to find that they don't stay or that our life is no more vibrant. Perhaps the right question was not how can we grow the church, but how can we deepen our faith lives? How can we serve our community, which would lead to very different answers. And certainly this is the problem when we face any pressing social needs such as homelessness. We pass by someone on the street with a sign asking for help, telling their story, how they're a veteran, how they, how they have medical bills, how they love Jesus but have just fallen on hard times and we wonder, how can we solve homelessness? What job could this person get? If I give them money, will they spend it on drugs or drink? But sometimes we're just asking the wrong questions. Often we seek a clear answer, a definitive solution, how to fix something, how much money will it take? What is the right answer? What are we supposed to do? PBS NewsHour has a regular short segment that asks someone to give their brief but spectacular take on a particular issue. And a recent brief but spectacular featured Joe Wilson, a man who had gone to California to study at Stanford in the 1970s, but through a series of unfortunate life events had become homeless in San Francisco. He talked about his shame at becoming homeless, letting his family down, feeling alienated as people passed him by on the street. 
over time, he got involved with the Hospitality House, where he now is the executive director. What grabbed me in his brief but spectacular take was this. He said, San Francisco has the incredible dichotomy of having some of the most expensive real estate in the world and yet people living on the street. I know that a momentary glance, a touch, a smile, any evidence of human warmth makes a huge difference in people's lives. And it certainly made a huge difference in mine when someone was willing to make eye contact with me, was willing to touch me as another human being, that had more value than a dollar. He went on, we don't expect people to do the things that they either don't know how to do or are uncomfortable with. But I think that everyone can make eye contact with another person in the street. If you choose to give someone money in the street, that's fine. If you choose not to, that's still fine, he said. I would hope that we could remind ourselves that it is the judgment and the harshness in our eyes that really make an imprint on those who have nothing. In just a few words, Mr. Wilson answered a question different from the one that most of us are asking. We might ask, should I give money? or how do we end homelessness? But the question here really is, what does this person need? What can I do to connect? If we ask those questions, then we come up with really different, much more interesting, much more helpful answers. In today's story from John, the beginning of five weeks of readings from the sixth chapter of John, all about bread, crowds pursue Jesus because they have heard about the signs he's been performing. So far, he has turned water into wine at the wedding of Cana, and he's healed two people. The crowds, 5,000 strong, want something from him. He has been trying to make clear to his disciples and all who are following him who he is through these signs and through patterns of behavior that align him with the prophets, especially Moses. After all, he crossed the Sea of Galilee just as Moses had crossed the Red Sea. Jesus has gone up a mountain just as Moses did to talk to God. Jesus has arrived at Passover time, the festival when they celebrated Moses acting at God's behest to free them from slavery in Egypt. Jesus is showing his disciples and other followers that he is in line with God's saving work throughout history, in line with God who provides for God's people even in the most dire circumstances. When he sees the 5,000 following him, Jesus turns to his disciple Philip and asks, where are we to buy bread for these people? Where are we to buy bread for these people, though he already knows what he's going to do? And then his disciples proceed to ask all the wrong questions. 
Philip focuses on how to pay for the bread. Six months' wages would not be enough. And Andrew focuses on how to stretch what they have. There's a boy here with five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many people, he asks. Philip and Andrew ask, how? But Jesus asks, where? Or more specifically, who? Because they ask the wrong questions, Philip and Andrew focus on scarcity. There's not enough money. There's not enough bread. But the right question is, where will this bread come from? Who will provide it? Maybe even then, what do these people really need? And the answer, of course, is that the bread will come from the one who is the bread of life. The answer is that what the people need is not so much bread. After all, the gospel writer doesn't tell us the crowds are hungry. What they need is a sign that the good shepherd, the one who seats the people where there's a great deal of grass, that good shepherd will provide the kind of pasture, the kind of care his flock, his people need. Jesus asks the right question and then he provides the right answer. The people need a shepherd. They need bread. Not just bread that will assuage physical hunger, but bread, life-giving bread that's a sign that they follow a God who supplies all their needs abundantly. Just as God provided manna all those years ago to their ancestors in the wilderness. Jesus asks the right question. He shows the right answer. What do we need? A good shepherd, a providing God, evidence that God is with us, guiding us, feeding us. Who provides it? Jesus, the one who has come after Moses and the other prophets, supplying our needs even before we know how to ask or imagine them. Now the bad news... <laughs> Is that, when the is that then the people, even after being fed, even after seeing 12 baskets of leftovers from feeding 5,000 from five loaves, so that Jesus can prove that nothing will be lost, he will not lose a single crumb, not one sheep. After all that, the people still ask the wrong questions. Are you our new king? Will you overthrow this terrible political situation? Well, those questions caused Jesus to move on. They've misunderstood his sign, mistaking it for magic, rather than understanding it as a revelation of who he is, bread of life, good shepherd. So he removes himself, refusing to be the wrong answer to their bad question. How do we ask? How do we ask the right questions? How do we see where God is leading us today? How do we keep from going in the wrong direction, from trying to force God into whom we would have God be, rather than following the God who is? Well, that's a perennial problem. It's as old as our scriptures 
but perhaps we, we might start not by asking how, not by getting caught up in all the things that ought to be done, but by asking deep relational questions. What am I really hungry for? What does this person in front of me really need? The answer is hardly ever more food, more stuff, more things. The answer is usually connection, love, relationship. And instead of asking how, perhaps the real question is who. Who do I need to turn to? And then, who needs me? For we probably don't need more food or another job, a new relationship, a new house. What we need is a good shepherd. What we need is bread of life. What we need is to know that there is enough. We are taken care of so that we might care for others. And just as the crumbs were gathered up so that none may be lost, Jesus will not lose a single one of us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.